0: versus p5 i'm your co-host
1: steve payson and i'll throw it over to my other co-host uh i'm trey payson no relation uh as the title suggests uh here in this podcast what we'll do is we'll have a look at power five versus group five uh college football we'll also talk about some of the happenings that are going on in and out around the world of college football so without further ado, uh, Steve, what did, you, uh, what did you
0: see this past weekend that you liked? Um, this last weekend, uh, obviously, the big thing was COVID. Um, and let's back up a little bit. Um, from what I've come from, my uh, college football background, um, I was, uh, like everybody else, in the early 80s, late 70s, uh, watching ABC College Football. Um, and kind of fell out of it once I got into the Air Force. And that's where Trey and I met. We ended up being in the same um, shop together in the Air Force. Uh, Then stationed at Mountain Home Air Force Base in Idaho. Boise State made their 1AA playoff run in uh, 94. So I started listening to that, ended up going to see them go to their games in 95. And I've been a season ticket holder with them ever since. I've just come to love what college football is about. Um, It's a little bit better than pro football because there's these kids are out there, they're wanting to play, they're wanting to get to the NFL, and the ones that aren't getting to the NFL, they're out there for the love of the game. Uh, And that's what I love. So this past week, coronavirus just decimated all the games. Um, What was it, like five? top 10 team five top 10 games that were canceled something along the lines
1: i think i think i saw uh, on the slate i think 11 11 games either got postponed or canceled.
0: yeah that's um that's the world we're living in right now and i hate that phrase but it, it really uh, it, it really is though until that uh, hopefully we get that vaccine the game i decided to watch this weekend was the Coastal Carolina versus Troy game. Well, Wednesday, I had to switch gears on that because that game got canceled. Um, I ended up watching uh, the San Jose San Jose State game uh, versus UNLV. San Jose State has been tearing it up lately. Um, they're now 4-0. The first time they've been 4-0 since 1955. This, the, the game they had last night, it wasn't, Anything shocking? It wasn't. Oh wow, this team is so much better than the other team. It was just a good team win. They came out. Their defense ran zone all the way until they scored their 31st point. And once they scored their 31st point, they had a 30-31 to 17 lead. And then, then they went to man-to-man and they got more aggressive into the fourth quarter and they sealed off the victory from there. There wasn't really a standout individual. Uh, Cade Hall on their defense, a defensive end, um, he ended up with three sacks. But nothing stuck out to me until you look at the stats. Once you look at the stats, San San Jose had seven sacks on the night. San Jose State's starting quarterback, Nick Starkle, who came from Mississippi State. And I can't remember where else he was at. He ended up with a pretty good night, 17 of 28 for a little over 200 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, though. Again, it wasn't anything that slapped me upside the head and said, This is an outstanding team. It was just a good team win for them. Um, how'd things go for you this week? Well, uh, I'm going
1: to go ahead and jump on the backtrack train just a hair because there's always a story I like to tell, especially when it comes to you. Uh, <laughs> I just, uh, as you said, we uh, we met in Mountain Home, Idaho, uh, stationed in the Air Force together. My first interaction with anybody uh, in our shop was with you. Um, I drove from Pensacola, Florida, uh, stopped in my home of Montgomery, Alabama, um, stayed there for a few weeks, and then I proceeded to make the cross-country trek. So... I'm on the road for a few days, and uh, I finally pull into Mountain Home. It had to have been 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon on, like, a Wednesday, I think. Uh, I asked the security guard at the gate, I need to go to the maintenance squadron." He directs me to the operations group. I pull up <laughs> in the parking I pull up in the parking lot. There's not a, there's maybe one or two cars in the parking lot. I walk in, I just walk in the front door when in flip-flops, a pair of uh, Auburn uh, basketball shorts and just a t-shirt. And I proceed to walk down the hallway and try to find somebody that can help me out. And the only two people that were in this facility were the group commander and his vice commander and some low and some lieutenant that was pushing papers so i walk past the commander's office down the hallway and walk back he sees me calls me in his office and says what are you doing here <laughs> and i look behind his desk and he has a huge University of Alabama print sitting above his desk. Uh oh. And he's like, So, Auburn, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and in my youth and stupidity, I said, Yes, sir, War Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> and turns out he was in his vice's office and he calls his vice in there and he says, Hey, look what we got. <laughs> so at this point i'm just like uh (laughs) uh-oh and i tell him who i'm there for what i'm there for he says okay lieutenant such and such get in here get whoever we need to get on the phone get this guy where he needs to go he calls he calls the aircraft structural maintenance shop and who should answer but one master sergeant payson And you show up, and I'm like, Payson, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) So now I'm trying. I'm calling my my family on the way there. I'm like, Hey, do we know any other Paysons besides you know the few that we have? Because granted, it's not a not a real popular name. So we're digging. Is like, no and then I find out you're from Minnesota. I'm like, okay, now I really don't know who you are. So (laughs) it was just funny that that was my first interaction at my first duty station was with someone with the same name (laughs) as me. And there's
0: no relation. Yep. I had this, this, I had the same situation kind of when I was at Lake and Heath, Um, RAF Lake and Heath England, Uh, all of a sudden I get this telephone call I'm at work I get this telephone call from a senior master sergeant Payson and I'm like uh, okay calls me and he worked in med group calls me over met him in his office and we sat down we talked and no relation there whatsoever either I can't remember (laughs) where he was from but uh, it's one of those things you, you have a unique last name you run into somebody and boom you go with it absolutely well just a little bit uh just a little bit of background
1: about me um i got into college football um i started watching college football uh of course at a young age being from uh being from central alabama you have two choices. You have either the University of Alabama, and I won't say their last name, but you have the, uh, and you also have the Auburn Tigers. Well, my family's born and bred uh, Auburn Tiger family. Um, we have people that have gone to school, and I think uh, I think my mom was there around the time of uh, Bo and Barkley. So that's kind of cool. That's my connection to uh, Auburn. And then, uh, as I grew older, uh, playing the game, of course, we—I uh, had an opportunity to play Division football, Division two football at University of West Alabama, which uh, I went and played two years there. Uh, unfortunately, chasing girls uh, and playing football don't make for a great GPA. I know. I didn't know it either. Um, so, uh, unfortunately I decided to make the jump and, and go pursue bigger and better things, uh, after it was all said and done only to finish my degree up 13 years later. Uh, things that I saw this weekend, uh, being out here on the West coast out in Northern California, I had the, (laughs) I had the ability to wake up. And start watching college football. So at nine o'clock, games kick off. No game day because I'm not that ambitious. Uh, all I do is get up and start catching bits and game bits of games here and there, and I'll settle in on one game. So uh, something that really intrigued me, and I know we're we like to talk about uh, Power Five and Group Five football, and I'm gonna, but I'm gonna briefly touch on Power Five football because it's something that I didn't see coming. It was uh, Indiana and Michigan State. Now, Indiana has been on a tear lately. And last two weeks, the state of Michigan has not fared against the Hoosiers. Um, they've got a quarterback in Michael Penix who really, he's only a sophomore, and he can really spin the ball. But what is impressing me the most is just how the the defense is such a physical presence. They are getting after quarterbacks. They're forcing turnovers. And I don't care if you're playing in a sand lot. I don't care if you're playing in the biggest stadium in the world. If you're playing good defensive football, that's going to win you games, period. Any and every time.
0: Yeah. That, that, that's going to – because um, I listen to the, the big pundits, and the big pundits are saying, you know – the idea of defense winning championships is gone. It's now offense winning championships. I'm not sure I agree with that, but I agree with you right now. Uh,
1: uh, two things. Two things that are a, a truth in the college football world, and I've seen it at every level. I've seen it at. I've seen it in professional sports. I've seen it in high school. I've even seen it in little league if you can stop the ball and you can run the ball, you're going to win the game. It's it's, it sounds super simplistic and it sounds just, you know, really dumbed down, but it's hard to attain and achieve. Now there's a lot of teams that have done it in the past and guess what? They were champions. (laughs) It's, and it's not real hard to, you know, put the ingredients together and see what the recipe for success is. Now, I had a chance to tune in to the Tulsa SMU game. Now, SMU came into this into this contest with one loss, and it was to number six Cincinnati, and it wasn't by a whole lot. Uh, the Mustangs were led by uh, Shane uh, Bearshell. Uh, he's a transfer from Texas, and he has simply been lighting it up here lately. Uh, so I felt pretty confident about uh, the the team from Dallas walking out with a win. Uh, And they, and sure enough, I tuned in probably about the second quarter and I watched and SMU scored again. And it was 21 to nothing at one point. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to be a runaway. SMU puts a, puts a touchdown late in the, late in the quarter. They put a touchdown on the board. Hmm. Okay not dead yet. Imagine my surprise when I'm obviously I missed the the second half kickoff, but imagine my surprise when I tune in halfway through the third and I see oh they've scored another touchdown. Oh they're 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 making a they're making a comeback they're making a they're making a push flip back and forth a little bit more here and there. And finally in the fourth quarter they've tied it they've gotten to the point where they are within one score of a nationally ranked team now this is talking about a Tulsa squad that really hasn't been overly impressive with what I've seen to be honest with you but here it goes it's it's coming down that's why that's why you play the game right? So, I watched Tulsa, and I'm trying to remember the quarterback's name. And he looked awfully good. Um, Zach Smith. Zach Smith, exactly right. Good-looking kid. His his I I don't know what he's got, but he's got it in spades because he leads his. I guess it's just a leadership quality that that's just one of those things you can't you can't really coach. But uh, I was impressed by Tulsa's defense. He kept um, Bouchel in check the whole game. Um, His final stat line was 18 for 36 at 50% passing. That's not great for 200 yards and one pick and one interception. Um, That's not not at the level he's been performing at, so that says something to me about Tulsa's defense, about putting the clamps down on him late. Now, the one interception was – Pretty costly because it came at the end of the game, and um, I'm. Tr- uh, it was Collins. Collins yeah. for Tulsa. Collins for Tulsa makes a, a last minute pick to seal the game for the Golden Hurricane. Or is it, yeah, Golden Hurricanes. I thought they were Cyclones at one point, but anyway. <laughs> that's um, Iowa, that's Iowa State, right? <laughs> right conference, wrong team. So. I was really impressed by Tulsa and what they were able to do. Uh, you know, answering answering the bell and answering the challenge of coming back with twenty one unanswered points and getting the victory over uh, over a uh, top twenty team.
0: Yep. Uh, also, yeah, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the uh, stats right now. Zach Smith was uh, twenty six thirty eight. For three twenty-five, three scores and one interception, um, an average of eight point six for per attempt. That's not too shabby. That's 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 pretty good football. And I I think the problem
1: is that Tulsa has or uh, SMU has been this offense that has just put up numbers in bunches. And uh, last night, when their night, uh, Tulsa had the answer. And they were about, uh, I think they were about 10, they were about 10, 14 points uh, away from their average. So uh, when you can't do what you normally do, it places added pressure on other parts of your kicking game or other parts of your team, especially uh, special teams and the defense. And like I said, I think uh, – smith for tulsa he just he had he had the it yep that's 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 the only way i can say he just had the it
0: (laughs) all right um so i i kind of want to work on two more subjects the the first being covid okay i know everybody's heard about it i hope (laughs) by now yeah um and everybody's tired of hearing it um Uh But when it comes to this season, okay, there's now talk of pushing the college football playoff back, um, and there's this week showed it. There you know, several games being canceled or postponed. How what? How do you think this season will be looked upon? Will this season need to have an asterisk next to it? Because let's face it, Penn State's 0 and 4. Indiana's four and oh, um, there's several other examples out there where it's just plain weird. Um, so is there going to be an asterisk stuck next to this season? I mean, FCS isn't playing until the, this February. Well, uh, so the big, uh,
1: um, I'm going to go back just a little bit, not too far though. So, when everybody was deciding whether or not to play football this year, okay, SEC was in, boom, we're playing football. And the Big Ten was said, no, we're not going to play football. ACC said, we're going to play football, sort of. (laughs) And the Pac 12, they just, I'm sorry, Big 12 decided, Yep, they're into Pac-10. Kind of goes with the Big Ten. They're kind of joint at the hip. So, when everybody makes their decision to play to play football, I feel like it's a monetary decision. Okay, there's too much money in the game not to play. There's TV deals. There's uh, radio broadcasting. There's There's merchandise, obviously, there's not ticket sales, or if there is, there's little to none, because operating at 24% doesn't cover your bottom line. Yeah, But, but, you know, when you have a conference like the Ivy League, who says, we're not playing, well, that's easy for you to say. It's not going to impact your bottom line. That's not where (laughs) your, that's not where your toast is buttered. It's not going to affect. So, but what I, I feel like this season, how can you not asterisks? How can you not have, how can you not have, you know, a connotation saying this was COVID because you start with individual teams. You don't have any sort of training camp like you would normally have because, one, you're more concerned about trying to get all these protocols in place where you can actually field a team. And I feel like we were going pretty smooth there for September, (laughs) halfway through October, and then the wheels kind of fell off because now – Now you're seeing teams, you know, have to cancel games because they can't, you know, field a complete team. Because what did I – I saw um, your team, Boise State, they had, what, 11 or 14 players? 14 total. 14 players. Now, in the grand scheme of things, that might not sound like a whole lot of people, but when they're people you depend on, when they're your starters, when they're your impact players – that has such a big effect on your team because yes, we all know it's next man up and you want to add depth to your team. And, but I think I saw it most prevalent at the quarterback position when, uh, when, when Bachmeier was out the other day.
0: Yep. It Bach, was huge. Yep. Bachmeyer was out. And then um, this was against BYU last week. Uh, Bachmeyer out. Jack Sears, who the week before did an outstanding job against Air Force, uh, comes in. He's a UC, USC transfer. Uh, comes in, first drive uh, on a fourth and one, goes for a sneak, and he gets hit hard on top of the head. Ooh. Uh, some people say it was Targeting. I don't think it was. I think it was uh, a clean hit. And if at at, at most an unintentional targeting, if you get what I'm talking about right there. Well, he's done for the game. Um, and our third-string quarterback, um, he's also still recovering from a preseason injury. So our fourth-string quarterback, true freshman, Fennigan comes in and if i butchered his name i apologize i don't have it in front of me right now um and at halftime the coaching staff had to run back to the football facility grab a game plan that he could actually run because being fourth string you're not going to get any game plan snaps in practice whatsoever Oh, you're not me not practice snaps. <laughs> so, you know, it was what it was, um, and this COVID is it's destroying every not destroying it, but just affecting everything.
1: Well, uh, as we talked about earlier, I'm I'm a I'm I'm a huge Auburn guy. I've I've got <laughs> I can. I can remember watching the 93 undefeated team when I was a kid and listening to it on the radio while, while I was working. And uh, I was looking forward to Auburn and Mississippi State because that's also the last Auburn game I got to attend a few years ago. But this – I feel that one of these – it's not necessarily the the – the virus itself because people get sick people get injured it's it's part of the game but what it's doing logistically and what it's doing scheduling wise is it's it's creating pockets of advantage and when i say pockets of advantage i mean so pac-12 started um, october
0: november they start, 7th they start they started a week ago. Yep. So, they've, been, they've been practicing you know, four weeks prior to that. But, yeah, their first games were last week. Yeah. So,
1: and um, Big Ten, much the same difference. They didn't start uh, at their normal start date. So, now you've got teams that the attrition rate, and you know uh, better than anybody, that the attrition rate of a football team takes its toll throughout the year. And the more contests you play, the more people you lose. That's just a matter of how it goes. So now you've got teams that are one or two games into the season versus teams that are six, seven games into the season. Now who's got the advantage? They haven't, they've had all this time off and if you tell me they're not practicing, I'll call you a liar because that's, <laughs> just, that's just not how it works. If you're in a college football program, you're in the building, you're doing football-related things. It might not be practice with the coaches, but you are ultimately doing things with your teammates to make your team better. Now, you've got extra practice time, and you've got less games to play. Where is the trade-off? Because you've got you've got teams like in the SEC and Big Twelve that have played been playing for six seven weeks now, and you've got teams that have played one or two weeks now. When it's all said and done, are you gonna are you gonna take a seven and two team? Are you gonna take a six and O team? Because they played the games they could play over a team that's played a 10 game 11 game schedule and they managed to get through it. They may not have got through the unscathed, but they got through it. Now the problem is, you know, and then they're talking about pushing the college football playoff back. Well, what's your criteria for getting in? Because I don't feel like you can put the best 4 teams in there because schedules can be misleading.
0: Yep. They've already they've already come down and said I, I don't know when they said it. It was a, a quite a few weeks ago. The College Football Playoff Committee came down and said you have to have six games. And it, the, the minimum for them to consider you is six games. Um, I don't know if Wisconsin's going to get there because right now they've got only six games scheduled because two of theirs were canceled.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and you know the Big Ten they did it kind of over cautiously i'm not gonna um i'm not gonna slight them for that because it is all in protection of that student athlete and as an athletic trainer i am i'm all for that Um, but they've gone a little bit past (laughs) what the cdc guidelines uh, suggested guidelines are um, if somebody has a positive test for COVID, they're out three weeks. And in a six-week season, hello. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, let, let, me, let me ask you,
1: um, you know, having your uh, athletic, athletic trainer background and looking at this from your perspective, What is, what is the appropriate answer? Is it social distancing? Is it, you know, what, what is the answer? Because you're way you're in the, you're, you're in the medical field on the front lines at, at dealing with this thing. Now, the way I see it, you know, is when you've got Nick Saban, (laughs) who the other day tested uh, the other week tested positive during the middle of the week and then came back and said, oh, it's false positive. And then you've got players – I'm trying to remember what team they were with. They had – I think it was uh, Stanford had four players that were ruled out and were put on the COVID list, and they were false
0: positive. What,
1: What is the happy
0: medium? What is the answer? Um. Right now, there is no test that is a hundred percent. We all know that. Um, So, and I'll I'll ask, I'll go after the specifics here that I know about. Um, Alabama with uh, Coach Saban, they've got the money. These Power Five teams, and I hate that term. Um, I even hate the other term that goes along with it. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head right now, but they've got the money. They do daily testing. Um, They do daily antigen testing. And this antigen testing is able to detect the RNA of the virus before you're contagious. So if you can get an individual test positive, and that's what a lot of these, you hear a player is positive, but the team's still playing, more than likely that was a positive antigen test and they're removed from the team. They're self-isolated um, before they're contagious, so they don't um, infect the rest of the team. So Coach Saban had one of those tests. He had to have three negative tests in three days before he could come back. and. They met that, um, they met that criteria. Now, I th- to answer your question, I think the um, Big Ten has gone too far. I think that the antigen testing is the key. Um, if you can get them before they're contagious, and then isolate them from the team before they're contagious, you're. You're in. You're in good. You're in a good spot. Um, that ten, once you are positive, that ten to fourteen days that the NCAA, well, excuse me, the CDC suggests, is the way to go, um, unless you get those three negative tests um, at some point and in, in time. Um, and I, I think it's being handled correctly. Um, in a normal everyday situation again to go back to your question um the everyday social si- situation i look at it as a as a triangle like the fire triangle i'm going to call this the COVID triangle if <laughs> okay. you have okay if you have social distancing good hygiene and face covering if you have those three things your chance of spreading this disease is severely limited you take one of those legs away and your chance of spreading the disease increases now we all know that you can be contagious two to three days prior to showing symptoms and that's where the danger in this lies you don't feel sick but yet you're contagious and that's the big thing about this virus. So you take one of those legs of the triangle away, and boom, you have the possibility of infecting somebody. In the athletic world, it's a little different. See, I'm a athletic trainer for Treasure Valley Community College out in Ontario, Oregon. And right now, um, in the conference that we are in, the Northwest, Northwest Athletic Conference, we have very strict guidelines on what happens when we have somebody who is um, symptomatic. And once those guys, you know, inside those guidelines at a certain time, they test. And if, you know, it depends on what integration phase that they're going into, um, it depends on what happens. If it's a pod of 10 players that gets self-isolated or if it's the entire team, they get self-isolated. Um, obviously, we do not have the money to provide testing to everybody. In fact, unfortunately, they have to flip the cost for the test themselves, be it insurance or be it a free test at one of the local pharmacies. But I, th- I think we're going about it the correct way um, with an, an abundance of uh, an abundance of caution, and once the, once the vaccine gets here, hopefully everybody would get uh, vaccinated. Um, with that, I'm I'm thinking we're running real short on time, so we'll shelve the second uh, subject I wanted to get to, Michigan, um, for next week. Um, okay, sounds good. So. This next week, um, the game that I'm interested at, at looking at um, is probably uh, Northern Illinois and Ball State. I want to stay away from the, the league leading or the, the, the good uh, teams out of each league because they're getting the media they're getting the media attention. I want to look at the, the quote unquote smaller teams. Uh, and see how they're doing and what, how they, how they go about their games. Uh, That's a Wednesday night Maction game. God, I hate that. (laughs) Um, But that's a market, that's a marketing tool. So what you're going to be looking at?
1: Oh man. Um, You know that we're just looking at group of five schools I'm kind of curious uh, about the Western Michigan-Central Michigan, Central Michigan uh, game, also on Wednesday night. Um, two, two and 2-0 squads uh, battling up there for the best team in Michigan because they're sure not in, <laughs> in East Lansing or they're sure not in Ann Arbor right now. So <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to that game. Um, I'm also looking forward for, uh, everything just kind of to get back on schedule, to be honest with you. And, I'm with you. I'd be, uh, and I'd be on it and I'd be, I'd be lying if I wasn't hoping for an upset, uh, also on Saturday to watch, um, uh, BYU play on play North Alabama. And yes, I know it's a nationally ranked BYU squad against, uh, uh North Alabama squad that's just now a 1A program and they're 0-3, but I'd really like to see them go into uh, Provo and come out with a win.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry, my friend. Um, I've seen BYU's offensive line up close and it's as our um, stud linebacker put it, they are road great chores. They are Yeah, there's some some large children
1: who don't miss many meals, that's for sure. (laughs) So,
0: with that, ladies and gentlemen, um, that concludes our first episode and I appreciate you listening to me or to listen to us. There we go, there's another mistake. I I listen to you too. (laughs) With that, um, if you do like what we're trying to talk about and what we would like to get done in this show. And um, so go ahead, subscribe, comment, because that's what—that's the way we know how uh, we're doing and what you want us to talk about. So with that, again, thank you for listening to No Relation College Football, G5 versus P5. I'm Steve Payson. I'm well, Trey Payson. And thank you very much.